Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and inviting you to listen to our latest podcast episode number 927 with Finn Kelly about his program entitled Intentionality Living Guide. This podcast number 927 is brought to you by Dr. Simon Malteus, author of a new book entitled Healthcare Anonymous, Put Yourself First to Avoid Anxiety, Addiction, and Burnout. If you want to know more about Dr. Simon Maltalis, please visit his website at www.healthcareanonymous.com. That's www.healthcareanonymous.com. And now for a featured podcast, please listen to my engaging interview with Finian Kelly about his program entitled Intentionality Living Guide. Happy listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And joining me from, well, near Aspen, Colorado, uh, is Finian Kelly. And Finian uh, does not have a book, but in essence, he doesn't really need a book. Uh, he is the book. And uh, a quite an interesting young man with quite an interesting background, but his website or where you can is intentionality.com. You can also get him at Finian, F-I-N-N-I-A-N, Kelly.com. And the reason we're doing this is because in our wellness and our slash uh, spirituality segment of this show, we always like to profile people that are coming at this with with a very deep, strong intention, uh, an intention to impact people's lives. And here's a little bit about Finian. He's a sought-after speaker, uh, an event facilitator, an executive quote. He's been dubbed the business mystic. And I think for all my business listeners, uh, it can help you to hear what he has to say. Because of his unique ability to put consciousness into business, and inspire leaders to find new levels of meaning and purpose through their creative endeavors. The approach flowed through the term as president of the Colorado chapter of entrepreneurial organizations and largest and most influential community of entrepreneurs in the world. Finian helps people love their path so that they can feel content with the life they live. And I think as people say, Finian, if you actually love what you do, there's never a day of work. Um, as a lifelong learner, Finian has degrees in math, physics, finance, leadership, teaching, and a master's degree of science in positive psychology. I spent seven years in the Australian Defense Force and graduated from one of the most prestigious leadership organizations in the world, the Royal Military College of Duntrum. Uh, he makes appearances as a financial expert, has a mission to bridge the gap between money and spirituality. He's appeared on Sky Business, on ABC as a political commentator, and on Tens Morning Shows as financial expert. He's also regularly appeared as a guest writer, online publications of money management, smart company, business insider, Forbes, and more. He is a very much a world traveler. And so Finian, you know, 
I think for our listeners that are business listeners, and which is a lot of them, they're coming from LinkedIn and places like that. Can you tell them a little bit about this consciousness evolution from a personal standpoint that really needs to occur in their life for them to lead a life of more wonderment, lead a life of more intentionality, to lead a life that is more fulfilled, and lead a life where there may be even a little bit more minimalist. It's not about how much I buy or what I acquire. It's really about what I do with what I acquire. Mm. How do you help so people current, bridge that? Yeah, so it's it's funny how we even have to get people to think that they need to bridge these areas. So they think there's a separation between business and personal. Isn't it just one? Like you, you as the person is still rocking up to the business environment. So to me, it seems that, It's the same. Similar with science and spirituality. Science is spirituality, spirituality is in science. So the first part of it is just actually accepting that there isn't this separation. That's a a man-made construct. That's an egoic construct which creates this separation. And then if we start realizing, okay, if in the business world we are showing up as people, who are we leading? People. Who are we serving? People. Ultimately, that's why we're in business. It suddenly becomes very clear that, we need to make sure that we're doing it with great intentionality. Are we having the impact on people that we want to be having? Are we improving uh, our society? Are we improving our world? And that's probably the greatest starting point is just getting really clear on how, how is it that you want to show up? How is it that you want to feel? And what are the feelings you want to evoke for other people? Because ultimately, that is what business is, is creating a platform to provide feelings for other people. Well, Speak with us about intentionality. There's a lot of people out there that maybe have their own definition of it. You probably Mm -hmm. have a definition of it. And I think there's a misunderstanding of it because, you know, people use the word mindfulness a lot today, too. People meditate a lot more than they used to, or at least a lot of people do. People take more time for themselves, but intentionality is something that they have to imbibe within themselves. They have to like live it. So explain what you would help somebody find that highest level of intentionality based Mm. around their values such that they can make an impact on people, other people. Yeah. So intentionality for me is defining how you want to feel and then taking deliberate behaviors or action towards it. So it's that combination of vision and action. Now, people would be wondering, why is it feelings? Why, why do feelings matter so much? Well, ultimately, that's how we judge ourselves or how we feel each day. Did, did that goal lead to a feeling? That's what's more important than the actual goal. So why intentionality matters? Because if you're not living with intentionality, then you're on an autopilot. We have two minds. Well, effectively, they're the one mind. With, with a different classification, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Now, the conscious mind is, is the logical part of the mind. It receives information with the five senses. It's where we think and where we rationalize. And um, what's interesting is it doesn't actually control most of our actions. The subconscious mind is what controls our actions. It's ruled by emotions and instinct. It's focused on the things that need what we need, like breathing, eating, safety, intimacy, all these different areas. And it's incredibly powerful because it's tapped into this universal source energy. 
That's where the subconscious relies in. It's, it's got this incredible power. Now, the challenge with the subconscious mind is it doesn't know how to reason or judge. It just simply acts with whatever information it's given. So this is where intentionality comes into play because we've got to learn how do we connect these two minds so they start working for us rather than working against us. Because what happens is our thoughts, which is in our conscious mind, we program this into our subconscious mind, which then eventually becomes a belief and a habit. And then most of our actions start lining up in that way. So you might consciously think that you want to do you believe in abundance, but because of some act previously unconsciously, you program the subconscious to believe in lack and in scarcity. It doesn't matter how much your conscious mind wants it. If you're not working with the subconscious, it, you're going to create lack and scarcity in, in your life. So what we need to do with intentionality is go, well, how is it that I want to feel? What are the beliefs that I want to be operating? And then become a detective and go, well, is my conscious mind and my subconscious mind working together? Are they in harmony? Are they aligned? And if they're not, then we have to use the sub, the conscious mind to actually start programming, reprogramming our subconscious until it starts working in the way we want. And the clue to see if it's working the way you want is this, you're feeling the way you, yeah, your you desire feelings and your results. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very clear. Like people say, like I hear this all the time, people go, Oh, and I, I believe in abundance. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't seem like the case because you're not living a life with abundance. Your actions aren't lining up. So this is where we, we, um, it comes very, very clear. And ultimately, once you get those two minds working together, anything's possible. And that's it's the a, beauty of intentionality. It's a great explanation, by the way. And I, and I totally agree with you. You know, I work with Dr. Steve Berman and Steve is, uh, was a regular MD, uh, MD and now uh, a hypnotist. And mm. he gets into my subconscious um, from a standpoint of reprogramming health, what we believe about our health. Um, and it's interesting, you know, the the subconscious, if a doctor approaches you and he doesn't do it with the right words, you begin to believe what he said. And I think too many doctors out there, you know, tell people, oh, you have cancer, go home, you're going to die. Yes. Then you hear the story from people that have lived 15, 20 years after they got that diagnosis from that doctor. That's a reprogramming of the subconscious. That's a way to actually move beyond what someone told you that was probably not correct. You know, you mentioned in your guidebook that there are five universal priorities for being intentional. Let's start with the first one, which is love. I would assume that uh, love for self and love for others. uh, How do you help people love themselves more and lessen the ego voice that tells them they're not enough? Um, talk about your loving kindness meditation, because, you know, the biggest thing you just said was I have my conscious mind. That's where the ego is. You have your subconscious mind, which is where the soul is. And you're trying to get the two of these aligned. And I'm curious when the ego's speaking and it's so strong and it's saying you're not enough and you're always trying to be better for somebody, your parents, your wife, your whatever. How do you help people align that? Yeah, it's, it's such a, a beautiful point. And something which I, I've been thinking about a lot recently is this idea that perhaps we're not broken. It, it seems like the society right now, and even on the spiritual 
journey. It's all about getting healed. But the act of getting healed says that you're not healed to start with and then I'm broken. So I'd almost, I've been playing this myself recently is when was I ever broken? And I'm actually completely fine with how I am. And the way to do that is to start getting out of your mind and into your body and into the heart. And it's actually about connecting the heart and the brain and getting into a heart coherent state. So one way is to get into a heart coherence activation. And you can do that by focusing your attention in your heart, breathing in and out through the heart space, and then just making a really great, sincere attempt to feel positive emotions for someone else or through yourself. And the greatest way to do that is through these power emotions, which is compassion, appreciation, love, and care. And just having that. If you get those feelings flooding through your body, suddenly you'll start feeling in a higher state and you'll you'll be out of your head and you'll start realizing that you are are really enough. So that's one really great way. Another great way is through the loving kindness meditation. And this is a meditation that they've actually done a lot of scientific studies now that it produces the highest positive result. And through this process, what you're doing, you're, you're giving loving kindness to yourself. So you might say something like, may I be happy, may I be well, may I be safe, may I be peaceful and at ease. And you do that three times to yourself. Then you do three times directed to someone else. It could be a loved one, could be a friend, or even better, it could be someone who you're having challenges with. And then finally, you give it to all of humans and you're sending out those messages. And I believe the reason why it's given the most scientific evidence of why it's so valuable to us because it's reminding us that we are all one and that we're not separated and love for someone else is also love for yourself. And it's an incredibly powerful act. And if you just do a few minutes of that each morning, you'll start feeling a lot more uplifted. And it's almost like you've you've done a good deed for someone else already. Like before yeah. anyone even knows, no one knows, and it's just a giving thing. And it's uh, it's a, it's incredibly grounding and incredibly loving. What's the difference, would you say, the Buddhists have a, a meditation called Tung Lin? Uh, yeah, and the tongue, the tongue land meditation. I go to meditation retreats on the work of silence uh, with Dr. Joel and Michelle Levy, and you know we do the tongue land. The difference there is is that you're bringing in the kind of sorrow of the world uh, mm-hmm. to try and heal it and push it back out again. And believe me, what um, Finian just said, the world needs more of. We need more of that now to in his third step was self, another, and then the world. That that whole idea of getting the world healed is a is a big one. And if we all spent some time sending that energy, that vibration out into the world, that's very big. And we get back to you regarding the other four universal principles. And I will get back to that. I'm not going to skip hmm. them. But comment if you would about your seven-step manifestation meditation. And how this practice is grounded in meditation, movement, and action. I go back to the days of George Leonard. And George was the founder of Estelon with Michael Murphy. Mm. And, you know, they had a process which was Tai Chi yoga meditation, right? So you had the movement, then you had the meditation, and then you had the yoga. And they blended it together. And I forget the name of it right now, but it still is internationally practiced. It was a little longer practice, but boy, did you feel 
I mean, I can't even explain the feeling after that. So explain your seven-step meditation practice. Yeah, so I definitely agree with the power of movement before anything. Like I love moving before I do any meditation because what it does is it it forces you to get into your body. And that's ultimately what you, you need to do in the meditation is get into a place where you're dropping out of the head and into this intelligent source. So the seven-step manifestation process I've created is a way to really connect the subconscious and the conscious mind, getting them working together is like what I spoke of before, because that's where creation happens. And something what we need to realize about the subconscious mind is it's very suggestible, very malleable. In this life, we came in and we'll clean slates. And then we didn't have religion. We didn't have religious connections. We didn't have beliefs. It's all determined on what we were exposed to. And this is why I always laugh when people get so caught up in their beliefs. I went, do you know if you were just born just down the road in a different house, you wouldn't have those beliefs. The same person, but you were just exposed to different things. You wouldn't be so attached. So why are we attached to these beliefs? So, and something I just want to preface there is I don't mind what you believe in as long as it's serving you, as long as it's giving you the outcomes, the results, which are actually going to make you feel really great in life. So this process is a way to consciously manifest rather than unconsciously manifest. Because we are, I can tell you, when people say, I'm not a manifester, you are. Every single human being is a manifester. We're creating all the time. It's just a lot of the time it's unconscious. And that's why it's it's not working the way we want. So the seven steps that we do is first, you need to get clear on what it is that you want to manifest. It's honestly one of the hardest things for people to work out. People don't know what they actually want. So we need to get clear on what it is that you want. Then we get connected. Okay. We start breathing and getting into this nice alpha state, that doorway to the subconscious where our brain waves are start slowing down. We start connecting to what is the imagery that would represent that manifestation. And then what are the feelings that I would be feeling when I have that manifestation? So we're getting clear. This is where the conscious mind, these first three steps are conscious part. We're manifesting imagery feeling. Then we start getting into the subconscious and we go, all right, I'm entitled to receive this. And how would this look like? Move with the manifestation. Okay, so I'm manifesting. um, I want to have a particular role in a company and I want to be doing this form of leadership. Well, I start seeing myself in that leadership role and making, giving directions to people, working on projects. And I start feeling like it's actually happening right now because that's the key. The subconscious can't tell the difference between whether it's a visualization exercise or it's physically happening. So we've got to just get connected and we're, we're living it. So we're feeling those emotions. So we're going to have to start programming the subconscious of what it feels like. We then, to really bring it into a state of creation, is we elevate it with one of these high emotions, with gratitude, with love, with appreciation. It's like, I am so appreciative that I have got this new role and we're getting connected to it and we're feeling it. And then we, so we wanted that raise that high vibration. And then we get into the action bit. We start visualizing, okay. And this is the, the bit which a lot of people forget about. Yes, you've created it, but you still have to go do it. You have to bring that manifestation to you. So you start getting connected. Okay. Someone who has now got that role, what would they be doing? How would they be walking through life? Would they be applying for that job? Whatever it is. And you start getting connected to that. And then you get off that chair 
and you go do that. And then the key with the manifestation is, is you have to stay so connected to the belief that you have created something. Yes, it hasn't come through in manifested form yet, but it's in the unmanifested form. And one of the challenges is sometimes we get this evidence. For example, you might, if you've been manifesting abundance, the next day there might be a bill that comes through and suddenly you're like, oh, look at me. My manifestation didn't work. That's not true. Your manifestation did work. The problem where that bill came from, that was a manifestation from a month before. That was an unconscious manifestation. So there's this period where we need to stay so connected. And yes, there's some evidence which is saying no, but we need to believe that we're creating. And that's how the true manifestators manifestators really bring things to life. They just have this complete belief that once they've created something, it's happening. They don't know exactly when, but it will come to them. Speak with you, if you would, um, about fear. I think that um, many people say it's false expectation appearing real. And, and to many people, it is the thing that stops them from ever getting in touch with anything they could manifest. Um, how would you advise somebody who has anxiety, has fear, isn't connected? Um, eliminate or at least reduce that amount of fear that's stopping them. Mm. So it's very important. So fear, what is it? It's just a low vibrational energy. Love, high, fear, low. Now, when we're in a place of creation, we need to be in high vibrational frequency. So one of the key things of manifesting is if you get into a place where you're getting into fear, you need to stop the manifestation straight away because you're actually going to do more damage. Because remember, the subconscious can't interpret your intent. It only actually makes it a judgment of exactly what you've experienced. So if you're experiencing fear or doubt, then it's going to believe that you can't create this. So we actually need to stop and get to a place where what's a manifestation that we can believe in? What is possible? And this is why we always need to speak with truths a lot of the time. Like I'm getting better at speaking rather than saying I'm the best speaker in the world. Because you can believe that I'm getting better at speaker. But if I say I'm the best speaker in the world, well, I then start my, my mind starts going, well, no, there's, there's people out there better than me. And suddenly I'm in a, a place of disbelief. So that would be the first step. The next step with fear is to ask myself, like, where is this coming from? Fear is a byproduct of the ego. The ego doesn't like change. Now, the ego isn't your enemy. The ego is your friend. It actually keeps us alive. But it doesn't care whether you're alive and in complete misery or in alive with thriving. It just wants to care that you're alive. So whenever we do something to make change, it has a belief that, well, potentially you might die in this, in this change. So it wants to do everything it can to stop you doing it. So this is where the conscious mind we need to work with and with the subconscious to go, no, consciously I know that I'm going to be safe by making this change. What is the truth? Well, there's nothing to be fearful of in this present moment. It's an anticipation of an event occurring in the future. Do I have evidence that that's directly going to occur? And then often what's the worst case scenario? If that's occur, often when we actually write these things down, suddenly the event doesn't have as much pull or there's much power over us. So getting clear on that and then going back through the process, that's how we, we start eliminating fear because we suddenly we take a little bit of action and then we realize, oh, my life didn't, I didn't die. Nothing really changed and everything feels a little bit better. It's like that uncomfortable conversation. So many people 
don't have great relationships because they're not willing to have the uncomfortable conversation, expressing how they feel or asking for what they need. And when they actually do it, they realize often sometimes some good things happen and then it starts opening up and then suddenly life becomes a lot easier. So it's just take that minimal action step. Yeah, there's a, a, a obviously, you know this, but we, the body itself, the mammalian brain, you're looking at homeostasis. And homeostasis is that state that doesn't want to actually move out. It, Like you said, it's that protection mode. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to stress the body, let's make sure we get back to homeostasis uh, as quickly as possible, right? And it, mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to kind of break that pattern. And you, In your grow priority, you speak about breath work and the practice of breath work bringing more awareness and intent. And I think I expressed this on the pre-interview. Uh, my son now is a certified breath worker. Um, how do you help people do breath work and find more peace, empathy, and compassion for themselves and others as a result of the breath work? Because if you really do this right, uh, you can go exceptionally deep, extremely deep, and you can get in touch with areas of your life where you're seeing there was pain uh, and and use that to move through it. Yeah, so I love breath because when you think about it, it is the most important thing in our life. We can go for a period of time without eating, without drinking, but breath, we can't go very long without breathing. So it is literally life force to us. And what's interesting about breath, it's one of the few faculties in our body which happens both unconsciously and consciously. So breath just happens, like we just breathe. But we can use breath to drive certain states in our in our physical uh, well-being. And what's really interesting is when anything happens to us, any form of stimulation, any event, two things occur to us at all times. We get a sensation in our body and respiration changes. Our respiration changes. So we can start using breath to actually drive an emotional state. So if we know that when we're feeling lots of love, we have nice deep, uh, slow breathing, then if we want to get into a place of love, we can actually drive the breath to get us into a place of love. And that's a really powerful place because it means that we don't have to be a victim of our current state of being. We can always get ourselves out of it. And we could do, and I use this as a representation, I guide people through a visualization of a time where they feel a lot of love and they start feeling this openness and they feel their breath expanding. They feel all these positive sensations. And then I start getting them to visualize, remember a time when you were really in fear or you're going through this hardship and suddenly their breath closed off, all these different things. Now, that was just through the act of visualizing. The event had already occurred, but they had that exact same experience. So then I went, well, if you ever find yourself in a place where you've got short breath and you're closed off, you don't have to, you don't have to stay in that state. You could just start mimicking the breath to get you into that more loving state again. And that's why I really love breath work. And there's so many different styles of it. Um, there's a great app, which is called Othership, which I'm actually uh, about to be a breath guide on. And it takes you through all the different styles of breath. And you can regulate yourself within 30 seconds of breath, even just one conscious breath, a true conscious breath, because most of us are shallow breathing. Conscious breath is breathing in from the lower abdomen up into the upper abdomen, letting it flow up a little pause and then breathing back out again. 
if everyone just had one breath a bit more often, a conscious breath, wars wouldn't be starting. There wouldn't be fights in, in relationships. Uh, it would be incredible what we could do. And that's just something which is free. You all have access to it. You all know how to breathe. Just a little bit of intentionality and everything can change in your life. Another author said to me the other day, if um, Putin had just had more people give him affection, he might Mm -hmm. not be the person he is today, but because of the lack of affection and lack of love in his life, he is the tyrant that he is today. And, you know, I remember watching a video. I don't know if it came from your website or it came from wherever, but a woman, and she is from Colorado, uh, who is like the Tantra coach. Uh, mm-hmm. And she uh, has all these people online lying down. I saw it. Maybe you've seen this. And they're virtually having orgasms together. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's pr- it's pretty fascinating what you could do with the breath work. And that was all through breath uh, for them to get in touch. And in the Joy universal priority. You speak about reading positive literature. Um, And this show is inside personal growth. It's about all the positive. What are some of the things that you recommend reading as well as the movements of dance and yoga? Because you spoke about that as well. Yeah. The joy priority is something that a lot of people forget about. It's a, it's, one of the great things about being this human body is we have these senses and we can have sex and we can eat and we can uh, ex- like go on adventures and we need to celebrate that. A lot of the time on the, on the healing journey or the spiritual journey, it can get a little bit too serious. And we need to remember that, look, we're here to have joyful beings. Like if you souls look down at us and they come in with a human experience so they can have a bit of play. So great literature I really recommend is there's an author called Young Pablo and he's he's a great poet on Instagram and he has a couple of books called Inward and Connection. He's just about to release another another one. And you can open that book anywhere and there's just pearls. It's just absolute beautiful wisdom. It's a great one to share with your partner as well. Like sometimes he can he can uh, communicate what my intent is a lot better than I can. So a little message is really powerful. I also love the Tao Te Ching. Um, great, great philosophical book. And it just grounds me and I can just read a passage of that. And I can, that passage can just keep evolving with me, which is really, really wonderful. So they're probably my favorite books. And then the, the act of movement is it's we're playful beings. And one of the greatest things that I've done recently is before any meal, we now dance. We put on a song and whether it's with my partner or where we have friends over and we just start dancing. And it's amazing what happens to people. Like people's their their faces start lighting up. They they get a little bit more excited and we drop down on that meal. And it's almost like our form of prayer. And it's it's such an easy way to 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 bring that practice into our life. And then just any movement in the morning. Um, I love doing a Kundalini yoga routine where it's like seven different stretches for the spine. A spine is our um, sort of gateway to the, the sort of higher, higher realms. And it's not meant to be one operating in one plane. It's meant to be twisting and rotating. And if we have a healthy spine, we have a healthy body. So I, I do that and I definitely find it 
it allows me to drop into my meditation a lot deeper because it feels like when I open up and twist things, just these stories and this low vibrational energy just comes out. So then I can actually drop into the meditation in a lot deeper practice. Well, you know, if people are meditating that way, and I'm a devotee of of self-realization fellowship, and you kind of look at the crown chakra, you know, where you're aligning and then bringing the the alignment of the chakras in, you're going to find a vibratory level that's going to take you to a whole new place uh, once you start to get in that level. You know, some people say, well, I see pulsating purple, I see pulsating white Mm -hmm. light. Um, when you come out of those kind of meditations, you come out in a completely unique, different state of intentionality um, yeah. in, in, in how you would live your life. Even just how you would walk down the street, how you would meet another person. You know, we're all so much in a hurry that we miss the little things when we walk down the street. We miss to say the hi to the person who helped bag the groceries. Um, I really appreciate that. I give you gratitude for you. And you don't have to be afraid to say that stuff. You should be saying that. And, you know, you speak about incorporating the five priorities into one's day. Could you provide the listeners with an optimal, intentional, and I used to say, on purpose day uh, might Mm. look like. And I always said, if, you know, if a camera was following you and I took footage of 12 hours of your day and I just followed Finian, would you really like what you saw? Or then what would you change if the camera followed you? Well, the good thing is I, I have had that done. I did a documentary with National Geographic and I had cameras following me 20 hours a day. And it was a great experience because it really highlights about like, yeah, you think you're doing this, but actually this is how you're being perceived. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very glad. And I, I could honestly answer. And where, so, where, where is that documentary for my listeners? We can see it. So if you search undercover angel, uh, Finney and Kelly with National Geographic, you'll be able to find somewhere it's like streamed on all the different things. It was done a few years ago, but it's, it's, it's a really fun, really fun documentary. I'm going to put a link for my listeners, Undercover Angel. Awesome. So incorporating things into our day, I like to think of things as stacks. So how do we stack um, the different priorities so we get a balanced approach? And uh, I have these morning stacks, afternoon stacks, and the evening stacks. And ultimately the most important in the morning and the evening. And, I really think a morning routine starts in the evening. So really it's one routine. It just has sleep in between. So for example, a morning stack, this is something I do every morning. I wake up, I smile for 17 seconds. It brings that joy through me. I I have a cold shower. I do some movement with meditating. I do uh, journaling um, to really get that creative side. And then I do a heart coherence meditation. And I've just stacked in five different things in a really, really easy way. Nighttime, it might be uh, gratitude to do service. So like thinking about how I'm serving other people, um, rating my day and reflecting to see how I've grown, uh, working out my top priorities for the next day. So I'm working out what I'm creating, reading some positive literature so I have some joy and maybe some breath to just really get into a nice loving state. 
And these things don't have to take that long. You can actually do a stack within five minutes and you can hit all of those different five priorities. But the key is getting connected to them. The reason why I created these five priorities of an intentional being is because a lot of people are in this trap and this feeling of lack that they don't know their purpose and their passion. We've come a lot, a little bit too addicted to purpose and passion in the, in the modern day world. And it's often built around the external about what are you doing for others and what are you creating? And a lot of, for a lot of people, they're just like, well, I'm not good enough because I don't have that. And I went, well, once if we actually just connected back to why we're here as a human being, and mm-hmm. maybe if you did some love each day, showed love for yourself and loved others, maybe you did something to grow, you then served someone else, you had some joy and you created something, even if you didn't know your purpose and passion, I guarantee by the end of the day, you would have felt like you had a purposeful day and you would have felt like there was passion for life. So, this is a way to ground you and to start giving yourself permission to go, don't worry if you don't know exactly what your passion is. Just be passionate to be a human being, a good human being. Don't worry if you don't know your purpose. Just be a purposeful human being. Live with intentionality and suddenly you'll feel great. And before you know it, you're probably going to find your purpose and your passion anyway. Well, every one of those stacks had different actions. And I think the... um, most important thing is if you're energized through this whole process and it continues, as I say, is to manage energy. We only have so much energy in a day. How you manage it and how you use it is important. If you took uh, Finian's stacks and applied them, I could almost guarantee you're going to have more positive energy, you know, 100%. And then what are you going to do? What are you going to create with that? positive energy. You know, it's not about consuming, it's about creating. And what you're talking about is things we can create for ourselves and others, even if it's just creating a moment, a moment of love, a moment of gratitude, a moment of respect, a moment of all of these things. That's what you do. Finian, if you were to leave the listeners with actionable stacks, activities that would leave the greatest impact on stress levels, mood enhancement, and being more present for others, what would the prescription look like? Well, I wanted to just touch on what you just said because it's super important is that we are an overwhelmed, stressed society now. And I think it's because we're operating in a paradigm that we have limited time. And we're so so focused on time that we we know that there's constraint. Like time, yes, we have 24 hours in a day. But if we change our story to get connected and go, well, energy is more important. And energy, we actually don't have limitations of energy. You can create energy just by doing one of these actions. Like if you start breathing, suddenly you're going to have more energy. If you do a loving kindness act for someone else, you're going to have more energy. And then suddenly that will break down the story that we're constrained and we'll have be able to have a lot more impact. So the number one actionable thing that I want people to do is start measuring their day by energy rather than time and stop realizing, stop this, this story that one hour of time is equal to another hour of time. What do I mean by that? Some people, if you go an hour with a low vibrational person, you're going to come away 
not in a very good state. You're going to feel drained after that experience. If you're doing work that doesn't light you up. But if you spend an hour with someone positive, like if I spend an hour with you, Greg, I come away and that wasn't an hour lost for me. I got so much energy through it. And then that's going to play off in other parts of my day. And it's that saying that if you don't have time to meditate, this is a Zen proverb, proverb. If you don't have time to meditate for one hour, you need to meditate for two because the act of giving up that time will give you more energy, which will then will collapse time throughout the day. So effectively, what I'd love people to see themselves do is to see themselves as a battery and throughout the day go, where's my energy at? Mm-hmm. Did this did this activity give me more energy or did it drain energy from me? And if you got clear on that and just started living life with things that gave you more energy rather than things that were taking your energy, your life would dramatically change. You wouldn't even need a vision for where you're going. You wouldn't even need goals. Life would dramatically change. You transform into a more positive, creative, joyful, loving being because it all comes back to energy. That's that's our, our guiding force. It is. And managing it is um, done on both the conscious and subconscious levels. Mm-hmm. And I think what we don't realize is um, how much the conscious mind sometimes takes over and doesn't allow us to get into soulful uh, presence, Right. And I think Dalai Lama said, and I'm going to kind of end our podcast on a quote that hangs on my wall over here. And he said, in the end, what you're going to be remembered for is who you loved, who loved you, and how much you let go. Now, if you think about that, because one of yours is love, you know, the opposite of fear was love. If love was the intention and it's who you loved, who, you, who loved you, and how much you let go. Exactly what you said, you would be a, a goal magnet, right? It would just mm-hmm. literally, you would attract all of this great energy to you and just exuberance and wonderment would flow out of you. So I appreciate you, Finian, for the approach that you're bringing to all generations. Um, just because Finian is young, doesn't mean that he's not wise. He's extremely wise. And I'd recommend that all of you go to the website and download his uh, guidebook on intentionality. We'll put a link to that. And then get back in touch with him for around coaching, events he's going to do. You'll see it there at the website. And the website is very easy. It's just Finian, F-I-N-N-I-A-N, Kelly.com. Uh, there you're going to see all the resources about him, testimonials, events, work with me, uh, press that button, work with me and get in touch with Finian and get your life balanced and aligned between subconscious and conscious. And you're going to find miracles are going to happen. Finian, namaste to you. Thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth, being a guest and spending a little bit of your time and your wisdom Uh, informing my listeners about little things they can change in their life. And you you mentioned so many, but little things they can change in their life that will make a big difference. And I love the part you said about beliefs. Um, I used to have a saying, you don't have to believe everything you think. Now think about that. 
because the reality is when you think something doesn't mean it has to become a belief. Okay. So true. Like we don't, we don't believe everything that happens in our dreams. We go, God, that dream was crazy. We need to be doing that throughout the day a lot more as well. It's just a crazy thought not mine, and life would become a lot easier. (laughs) It really would. Thanks so much for being on, Finian. Thanks so much, Greg. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again, and have a wonderful day.